This is Everything with Allie Levine, hosted by Hollywood mom, celebrity stylist, influencer, and Bravo reality star, Allie Levine. On this podcast, you'll get a mix of, well, literally everything, from motherhood to fashion, lifestyle to spiritual well-being, all real and raw. Allie interviews celebrities, experts, influencers, entrepreneurs, and so much more. Tune in weekly to be inspired, empowered, and entertained. Hi, loves. Welcome back to Everything with Allie Levine. I am your host, Allie, and I am so, so excited for today's guest. I have an incredible woman, Amber Nicole Miller. Before I bring her on, I want to tell you guys a little bit about her in case you don't know her. I'm sure many of you do, but let me just tell you a little bit about her. Amber Nicole started her modeling at the age of five years old on the Mickey Mouse Club. First official Octagon Girl for the UFC 2002, from UFC 35 to 59, and the first four TUF. Named Exiant's spokesmodel in 2009 and made two national commercials for the company. Has graced the covers and has been featured in many national magazines that you guys all know. Muscle and Fitness, Oxygen, GQ, Maxim, Sports Illustrated, Playboy, the list goes on. Beyond the Spite Lights, Runway, and America TV personality on WAG's LA Season 3 on the E! Channel. Currently working as a traveling beauty slayer, model, child advocate with a clothing line, Save Our Children, with profits going towards her nonprofit charitable foundation, the incredible social foundation that she has started, and full-time bonus mother at, with partner Tito Ortiz. Amber Nicole Miller, it is such a pleasure to have you. Welcome to my show. Thank you. I have never heard it read like that. Well, thank you for the beautiful introduction. <laughs> oh, you're so welcome. I am so truly honored to have you. I love all that you do and you stand for it. It is just such an honor. Oh, thank you so much. You know, it, we've all got to do our part and, you know, I'm a firm believer in, you know, the mark that you leave on the world is, you know, raising good humans as well as things that you do for others, because those are the things people will remember about you. Oh, so beautifully said. Uh, amen to that. So it is. I, I just love what you just shared. I mean, great way to start the show. So you are doing so much good. And you obviously, you know, you have been in the industry for a very long time, as I said in the beginning, you know, of the introduction. Would you mind just kind of, for those that maybe don't know you or don't know, you know, your full history, could you share a little bit about what maybe I didn't share in my introduction of you and kind of how you got to where you are? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm Amber Nicole Miller, born and raised in Denver, Colorado. I moved to Las Vegas with my family when I was 19 years old. Um, at the time, I had no idea what I was going to be. I was a pharmacy technician at a rehabilitation hospital in Colorado. And when I moved to Vegas, I was at a loss. Um, I had been modeling a bit, you know, since I was really young. And um, as soon as I turned 21, I got into the service industry in Las Vegas and the modeling industry was booming and it kept me really super busy. And then I met the owners of the UFC and they asked me if I wanted to be the first official Octagon girl, which I was so excited to, to do because, you know, as a child, I grew up watching the WWE and I watched, you know, the underground UFC. So I was very much a Tom girl. Um, that loved to model. So, you know, I was a, a little bit of the best of both worlds. Um, in that industry, I met so many amazing people. And, 
you know, really grow fond of just the athletic ability of fighters. And it really encouraged me to even pursue more a fitness modeling perspective. Beforehand, I had been doing a lot of runway and um, editorial. And then I, you know, really stepped into the fitness and uh, did a lot of lingerie where I, you know, ended up in pages of uh, GQ and Sports Illustrated. And I actually met my boyfriend, former light heavyweight champion, Tito Ortiz, um, as a ring girl in 2001. So we've known each other a really long time. And um, I've, we, you know, obviously lived our separate lives and we came together um, nearly eight years ago when I found out that he was a single father of twin four-year-old little boys. Um, he had a very tumultuous relationship prior to that and um, their mother stepped out of the picture and I just knew that was my calling. You know, it's funny. My mom told me since I was a little kid that I always told her I wanted twin sons because I thought they were so neat. And I had twin boys that were friends in elementary school and junior high. And I just thought they were the neatest thing. So that was really my dream and, you know, to have my dream come true. And and I, and I didn't actually have them, but you know, the, there's no difference to me. I was raised with several step parents and bonus parents and, you know, love is love and more love, the better. And the way I was raised is, you know, you treat everyone like they're your family and, um, that's me in sort of a nutshell. <laughs> oh my God. How beautiful. I love that you shared about, you know, when you were young, like wanting twins. And like you said, like there it was like in a, in a sense, you, you know, you manifested it, you co-created it regardless that it wasn't directly, as you said, from you, as far as body, but I mean, as far as soul, like you truly wanted that and, and willed that how amazing. Yes. Yeah. It was, it was pretty amazing. And it, you know, every day I, I still think about how, you know, how amazing, what, a, you know, what an amazing gift I was given. And also, also, I believe, you know, that it was, um, more like a, a godsend. And I find that, you know, during these trying times, obviously during COVID and, and during my research doing Save Our Children Initiative and the Social Foundation, I've really um, looked more interior and more spiritually. And I feel like I've been drawn more towards um, Christianity and God uh, more than I've ever been in my entire life. I wasn't raised religious. And um, you know, the more I think about my path and the, and the trials and tribulations I've been through, I know that those were put in front of me because I was worthy of those tasks. And, you know, I'm going to push forward. And, you know, right now, obviously, we're all putting being put through, you know, some crazy times. And, you know, being on lockdown, it gave me a lot of time to research some of the most, you know, horrific things that are happening to children all over the world and child trafficking and and that's why I started Save Our Children Initiative and the Social Foundation um, this last summer. Yeah, I mean, well, first off, I love that you, you know, shared and we're so uh, raw and vulnerable just now about sharing that you have really turned within internally and spiritually and, you know, that you are really um, at that level that you're connecting, you know, to God, source, you know, yourself, all of that, because I think it's really interesting in these really heavy times and in, you know, now we're recording this beginning of 2021 and we're in heavy times as we start the year. And, right. you know, it's, it's very interesting for you to share that because I have also felt the same. I have told my husband that 
in the last probably six months or so, same with the pandemic and everything, it's like all the noise outside as loud as it can be, in a way, in my opinion, has like quieted things so much for me that I have also returned to that and have really continuously been praying and turning within and spiritually. And so it it makes even more sense now to me why we completely aligned. And it's just, it's beautiful. You know, I think that the, one of the silver linings in this time is that there really is almost like this massive turn back to God, to spirituality, to a higher source and knowing that like man really isn't the end all. Oh, absolutely. And it's, you know, it's, it's amazing and strange and, you know, curious at the same time. I, I never would have thought I wasn't raised religious. My mom raised us um, and would tell us we're agnostic, that we don't acknowledge that there's a God or a Jesus or a heaven or a hell, but there is higher being. Um, and, you know, I really didn't understand, you know, and I prayed really young um, with my aunt who was very religious and I've had pastor as an uncle and um, a lot of different religion. I'm, I'm Italian and German, almost 50% both. So I have Christians on one side and I have Catholics on the other side. Um, but I, I have found, you know, the, the positivity and the, and the family and just the way people are in, you know, in our circles of like, you know, the Calvary Chapel and, and other places around, um, Orange County, you know, I even took my boys that I was like, you know, you guys want to go to church with me? And they're like, yeah, we think that'd be really cool. And I'm like, oh, okay. I, you know, and they're 11. So to take them and they were really interested and everyone there was like hugging us. And, you know, it was just such a beautiful moment. And, you know, when they said, do you want to open your heart to God today? You know, I raised my hand and both my boys did without, you know, me even looking at them and everyone behind me later was like, oh my God, it was so beautiful when your littles just like raised their hands and said that they wanted to welcome God into their life. And so I got them, you know, some like starter kids Bibles so that they, you know, can kind of read into it a bit and understand a bit and they love it. You know, they're like 200 pages in already. And they're like, we love it. They're like, you know, they're the biggest thing they've taken from it is forgiveness. And I think that's such a huge thing for a little kid to grasp, especially, you know, with an estranged parent um, is that you forgive people who might not ever say they're sorry. And I think they took that from, you know, just going to church in the Bible as well. And and it's a lesson that most adults need to learn. You know, Tito also had to learn that he had to accept an apology that his father, who he hasn't spoken to in many, many years, is probably never going to apologize or fully grasp, you know, the damage he did to him as a child being a drug addict. But it was nice to see him, you know, be calm with it and be okay with it and come to terms with it and, and accept an apology that he won't get. Wow. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing that because I think so many need to hear that right now. And, you know, I was getting welled up and teary eyed when you were saying about your sons. I mean, how beautiful that they just stepped up and received that completely at their own will. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. And, you know, it was just, it, it was such a nice and community feel, you know, all the ladies reached out to hug us and talk to us and, and men, you know, it, it was just, it was a beautiful moment. And then you, you know, it's, it's, us seeing the light in the darkness, you know, it's been such a dark and, and, you know, uncertain time. And obviously kids are going through a lot with the online schooling and then the hybrid schooling and then back to online schooling again. And, 
you know, not seeing their friends and not their daily routine. And it's really difficult. So to find something that resonated with them was amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, so, so beautiful. I'm so glad you got to have that experience. So truly incredible. And so I want to dive further into what you were sharing about your incredible foundation and initiative and everything you decided to launch and do, because this is something I have spoken about quite a few times in my podcast. I have had Tim Ballard from Aura Rescue on my show. I have had some others with other um, trafficking organizations and conversations. And this continues to come up in my life. And it's, it's very interesting because it's something, to be honest, that I was very um, in the dark and naive about and had no clue until I became a mother myself and kind of woke up to it and started doing my own research and was horrified, as you shared, of what I found. And you know, have really um, dove into it heavily and been working as much as I can to serve in that purpose of bringing more light um, around it to getting, you know, shedding that light to get rid of the darkness and to continue to support those types of organizations and people to keep moving it forward. And so if you would share more about your, um, you know, uh, organization and, you know, why you started it and anything truly that you want to share that maybe those that don't know about it or, you know, sex trafficking in general, please feel free to share. Oh, amazing. Yeah. So, um, and actually, you know, I had a bit of a push into it in a way that, you know, people assume, oh, you know, you're, you're online and you're just reading all these conspiracy theories and And, you know, I think that that's such a terrible blanketed, you know, comment from people who are too afraid to look at facts and find facts on their own. And this, um, this last school year, my boys were still in elementary school and a gym assistant gym teacher was grooming one of their little girlfriends. And it was actually one of my son's girlfriend for like two years. It was really cute little, like we hold hands and we tell people we're boyfriend and girlfriend. It was very innocent and cute. And, um, her mom called me one morning and was crying and was like, I don't know what to do. And, and I'm so upset. And I was like, okay, calm down. What's happening. And she said, we found all these little notes in her backpack. And the teacher was writing her notes. Like, here's a list of my favorite things, the color purple, the name Kaya, like this sports team, jujitsu, like everything that had to do with her. And then, you know, little notes like, oh, you did such an amazing job. I'm so proud of you. And just, just notes after notes. They were just all little like post-its notes all folded like secretively in her backpack. So they asked her about him and she got really quiet and she was like, oh, you know, he's just really friendly. And they're like, well, has he ever touched you? Cause that's really strange. And why would he be, does he write everyone encouraging notes? And she's like, no, just me. And they, you know, they started getting really upset and they're like, has he ever touched you? Have you ever seen him outside of school? And she said that every day in gym class, he would step on her foot to get her attention and would make sure that he always made her like the special person. And I got sick to my stomach because that's such a predatory behavior. And I know that being a model, I've dealt with predators my entire career. Like you just know who they are. You feel like in your gut, you know, who's not right. And, um, I asked my boys, I said, you know, who's, who is this, you know, who are all your gym teachers, you know, trying to make conversation. And, 
and they, they're like listing their list. And I said, well, who's your favorite? And they're like, Mr. Jackson. And I go, oh, Mr. Jackson's your favorite. Why? They're like, he's super cool and he's fun and he does jujitsu too. And he's Kaya's best friend. And I was like, mm, boys, do you think that's weird that an adult who's 25 years old is friends with a 10 year old? And uh, they're like, oh, I don't know. He's kind of cool. And I go, boys, what have I always told you? No adult is your friend. They might be, if unless they're like me and dad's best friends or family, they're not your friend. And, you know, it started there and, it, you know, to watch the school district kind of brush it off like it was nothing. And then finally, you know, six months later, they fired this guy and they had only suspended him for that entire time. And then come to find out, he had been doing that to several other little girls at the school. And I was actually told this by a teacher and she's like, please don't tell anybody my name. And it just, it upset me. So I Googled grooming. I said, what, how, you know, what is grooming? Cause I wanted to make sure I was right. You know, I, I was right to feel that this guy was a bad guy and that he was grooming these children. And grooming takes you into this spiral of child trafficking and sex trafficking and child exploitation and online predators and you know lures and and all of these terrifying and terrible things that are real life i mean just to, to know that it's 150 billion dollar a year business and that 400 to 800 hundred children go missing every single year in the united states alone is terrifying and staggering and you know the amount of people who are grooming your children can be police officers can be teachers can be coaches can be your neighbor can be someone in your family but people don't talk about it. They sweep these things under the rugs. I don't know how many survivors of, you know, exploitation and child trafficking and even prostitution. Kids I've talked to said, you know, it started with my uncle or my aunt or my grandpa. And, you know, nobody, nobody talked about it. You know, everybody knew, but they kind of just were like, oh, well, that's so-and-so or, or that's just how uncle, you know, is. And it's disgusting. And to think, you know, after art, you know, after article, after article, uh, you know, I'm reading that a, a majority of these children who are being sex trafficked are being sex trafficked straight out of their homes, that their parents are sending them to school like normal and sending them to soccer practice every day or dance class. And then their life is sex trade when they get home. And it breaks my heart. And I'm like, why are they not talking about this? The, the media is our enemy because they don't cover these things. They don't talk about these things. The school district is our enemy. If, they're not, if they would rather over-sexualize my child with terrifying sex ed that is just disgusting and out of line, but they won't teach my child about predators and online predators and grooming tactics like why isn't that a part of their sex ed if they're really going to bust into all of these crazy sexual positions with my 11 year old I'd rather them tell them the dangers of groomers and of predators so upon finding out all that information I was like I need to do something I need to start talking about it I need to spread the word and, you know, this is right around the time that BLM was doing these huge, you know, riots and burning things down. And, and I was like, I want to make a statement. And I made some t-shirts and sweatshirts and hats that have a big hand print on them, like a hand reaching for help. And I wrote huge in red writing, Save Our Children Initiative. And I partnered with my girlfriend, um, Alana out of Canada. She has her own clothing um, print company. 
And I just started selling these shirts right on the Huntington Beach Pier. And I had friends come with posters and information. And I reached out to every mom I know. And I was like, we need to take a stand. We need to talk about this. We need to make noise. We need to make sure that this doesn't just continue, that, that the news doesn't just continue to pretend like it's not happening, that the schools don't continue to cover for teachers like that. And that's where it all began. I, uh, I started July 30th was my first rally in Huntington Beach, which is human trafficking ag uh, against humans, I believe, or human, some trafficking against, or uh, trafficking in persons day is July 30th. Um, so I did that day and it was a huge success. And we did one every month um, in San Clemente and in Huntington Beach. And then I had friends in Las Vegas ask and friends in LA ask. And, you know, it just started a movement of parents and people who were like, I want to be a part of this. So I started a Save Our Children teammates um, page and a Save Our Children initiative page on Instagram. Um, and on Facebook. And then um, when I started the Social Foundation, which is my uh, charitable foundation, you know, I really started pushing for people to be a part of it. And I did my very first seminar um, teaching. And I, and I wanted to teach more than just information. I wanted to teach kids how to get away from uh, an assailant or someone that might grab them and teach them you know, moves to damage this person who's trying to take them because, you know, no screaming and, and kicking is going to get you away from an assailant. I'm like, no, you're going to like bite their face off. You're going to bite their nose off. Like, I don't care whatever it takes to like save your life. You do it. And, you know, I, I taught the parents the same thing. I'm like, we're such a culture of people who stand with their cell phone, taking pictures and making videos. Like, when did we stop becoming human? Like get off your stupid phone and do something. I would put myself in danger to help someone save their child. And I want more people to be confident enough to take someone down or take someone out or to help someone whose child is being taken from them. You know, these things are happening in broad daylight. It happened this summer at a Costco in, um, I believe it's Riverside. A family put their two-year-old in the back seat of their car. They were backing out of their space at Costco and a man opened their back door and tried to unstrap their two-year-old. And the dad thankfully stopped the car, got out, beat the living hell out of this guy. The cops were called and come to find out this man has a family, has a wife, has like two or three kids and was bailed out on $100,000 bail some, some miraculously way. I'm like, who was he trying to steal this child for? That should scare everyone. And I guess that's, that's, that's how it started in a nutshell. I know that was long, but that's my passion. <laughs> no, are you kidding? First off, like you're such a warrior to like share this and be so open. And just like you said, like this, I'm so sick of hearing and I'm it made like literally I started crying listening to you because I'm so sick of hearing people constantly blanketing those conspiracy, conspiracy, conspiracy. I'm like, it is not a conspiracy theory. This is a real thing that is happening daily, by the minute, in your backyard, continuously. And the media, as you said, is not covering it. And we won't go into why that is, but we know why right. that is. Yes. And, <laughs> 
Um, and you know, it's like, you, it's just like how, how many times do you have to like hear the word conspiracy theory to maybe go, Hmm, maybe I should actually do research and actually dig for those that are listening right now that are having kind of a closed mind and saying, Oh, what are you talking about? Open your mind up. What Amber's saying, like <clears throat> I'm getting, I'm getting chills right now, Amber, because I don't know if you can hear my throat <clears throat> trying to clear. So I've, I've been told several times that I have the gift of like, like voice of like, you know, queer voice and like God spirit. And every time in the last six months, I speak on anything that has like any type of holding or, you know, truth or whatever it may be. I like immediately, like, as you can hear, I'm getting choked up. I immediately like lose control of my emotions and my, my voice does this. And it's like such a confirmation for me as I'm tingling from the inside right now that like, everything you're sharing not only is so much truth but everything you're sharing like needs to be heard right now like you need to go and do your research you need to go and actually find the facts of like how this is actually happening and that it doesn't look like what you think it maybe looks like and that there is so much going on behind the scenes that you're not seeing and you're not understanding and like I just think it's so incredible that you you know, being who you are, being, you know, the public figure that you are and the celebrity you are and all the, you know, titles that, you know, you have in your career and rightfully so from doing so much of your own work in your, you know, career path. It's like, you know, it's very vulnerable and and, and truly incredible of you to share these types of facts and this type of, you know, level and depth of stories for those to hopefully maybe wake up and consume. Yeah. Well, and, it, you know, the there's this, a point when, you know, many people start talking about it. And, you know, our president, you know, like him or not, has put more money into ending human trafficking than any other president in the United States. He's put in over $133 million. He spearheaded this with Ivanka. You know, he's met with, you know, Tim Ballard from Our Rescue. He met with Tim Tebow. These are people who are making a difference. And, you know, I started initially to spread the word. And then secondly, I was like, you know, maybe I can help, you know, do something with survivors and I can help, you know, once somebody rescues them and, and that's so much to take on. And obviously like, I'm not tactically, you know, capable of doing any of those things. And I'm not a therapist. And I sat down with myself and I had to get really honest. And I I said, I want to be the preventative. I want to be the preventative measure. I want to keep one child, a hundred children, 10,000 children from living this nightmare for the rest of their life or possibly losing their life. And if I can prevent that, and if I can teach people, and if I can open people's eyes, then all my work is worth it. You know, and this has cost me greatly to even talk about this. On Facebook, I had, you know, one of our local Huntington Beach Forum Karens, you know, come after me and what's your 501c3 and what what's your, you know, your information on your foundation and is it nonprofit and are you just stealing people's money and exploiting that there's children missing and just going off on me. And I was like, lady, you know, you can look it all up, do, do as you please. And she started reporting me to Facebook and Facebook deleted my personal page, my fan page, my beauty page, my sunglasses, my bathing suits, anything that I've ever put on Facebook for the last 11 years was completely deleted on the premise of her saying that I was um, a fraud, that I was stealing people's money under the guise of child trafficking. And um, 
that spiraled into my Instagram and I started being shadow banned really, really bad. All of October, um, you know, I had 90,000 verified followers on my page and um, I started, you know, my, my normal posts would see about 40 to 50,000 views and it went all the way down to 1400 views for the entire month of October. My stories would have somewhere around 5,000 views it went down to as low as 23 views. It was crazy. And, you know, I was just waiting it out and I tried to be really light about things. And I had my social foundation page and my Save Our Initiative page and bam, my social foundation is removed. No explanation. Then my page was disabled on November 4th, 5th, um, stating that I went against terms. So I'm still fighting for it. Um, if you look it up, it, it's actually like a blank page. It still has my picture. It still has my name and my verified check, but it says no posts. Um, and then I started to talk to everyone from my Save Our Children initiative page. And then that one, bam, was removed that same day. So since November 5th, I have, I have no access to Facebook other than on my laptop. I'm no longer allowed to access the app. And um, Instagram has disabled my verified account and completely removed my social foundation, my SOC teams, and my Save Our Children initiative. So this is an uphill battle. And I, and I again, reached to God about this because I, I felt very, um, what do you call it? Um, I felt very melancholy. I felt very just sort of defeated. And... Um, I was like, maybe I, you know, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. You know what? All of these things are fighting against me and butting up against me. But I know in my heart that this is real. This is really happening. And if I don't talk about it and if I don't use my passion for this, I'm wasting. I'm wasting time. I'm wasting my effort. I'm wasting that what's in within me. And, you know, being a parent makes me drive even more. I mean, my boys know more about this than most little 11 year olds, but I have to be brutally honest with them because I want them to be aware because little kids, you know, they're like little deer, they run around, they, you know, they're unaware of their surroundings. It's more than just situational awareness with kids. They're like, da, 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 you know, they'll step off the curb. They don't even notice. And they have to be, they have to be aware of people's intentions. And unfortunately I'd rather be wrong and hurt someone's feelings than not look at somebody sideways if I have a bad feeling. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and I just think it's incredible that you are using your voice. And I know that about your platforms and I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And it is absolutely disgusting that this is going on. I mean, I, I feel your pain because I have been censored and shadow banned several times as well. And it only started when I started sharing about fame and OR rescue and trafficking and facts on trafficking and, you know, watching my reach and my impressions and everything go down overnight and showing my friends and my husband and saying like, there's something not right here. And then like kind of testing it to like, see if like, was it just coincidence? But it was like, nope, as soon as I can stop doing it, all of a sudden everything went back up. And then I started sharing again, all of a sudden everything went back down. And I was like, nope. I was like, this is a deliberate attack on taking out my reach, taking down, you know, my impressions, doing what you know, they need to do to silence everything. And it is just literally mind boggling. And for anyone listening, I don't care what side of things you're on. If that doesn't scare you, I mean, I don't know what else to say. I mean, you know, you have to like scratch your head and look at that and say, 
why is that being censored? I'm not sharing anything about conspiracy theories, neither is Amber. And it's actual facts, it's actual information. And it's like, why is that being censored? And so, you know, I will just leave it at that in that sense to do your research because there's just so much that as Amber shared is happening and so much even out of like our own homes and the way it's happening that people don't even realize nor bat an eye to the illusion of what's playing. Well, you know, and quite simply, I think that people want to pretend like it's not happening, just like anything else. You know, they want to pretend that people don't die in car accidents and drive drunk and crash and kill their, you know, kill people's families. This is worse. If this, if this is the one thing in the entire world that all people should band together, this should have no divide. And if you are divided, you're part of the problem. And I always say it's black and white. There is no gray area. You're either a protector or a predator, period. Or you're protecting a predator, which makes you a predator. I don't care. There is no gray area. You either want to protect children and care about people's children and your own children, or you don't and you're a predator and you're a part of the problem. This isn't just, you know, people want to say, oh, well, it only happens in Mexico and Thailand and you know, everywhere. And I'm like, listen to me when I tell you, if you go, and this is Google, mind you, and we all know that Google also has a crazy amount of censorship. If you Google, Orange County is one of the biggest hubs of all of California for child trafficking and human trafficking. They say something like 60 or 70% of all victims have actually been through our ports in Orange County. Why aren't people in the street every day? Why isn't someone at the school every day saying, why aren't we teaching our kids about this? Why isn't this part of the curriculum? Why aren't we telling people, you know, our kids are stuck online. They're on a computer, on a Google Chromebook every single freaking day. And they're not preventing anything. They're, they're like, here, learn everything on a computer. But they're not telling them about predators who are posing as children, who are posing as friends, who are posing as teachers or whomever. They don't talk about these things. They are in more danger than they've ever been before because these predators, first of all, are getting desperate because there is such a huge crackdown on child trafficking, on human traffickers. There are more people being arrested than ever before and they're getting desperate. So you don't think that they'll go after your child online? You are sadly mistaken and you are putting your child in danger if you don't start talking about it. Yes, and the more you talk about it, the more you raise awareness and you shed that light on it that people, like you said, don't wanna shed and you're right. And I, I think you have this um, on your website, if I remember um, correctly and everything that it says, you have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yes. And it's so true. It's what you said. It's like people want to bury their head in the sand. And look, I have to be honest and, and be very transparent. You know, when I was first hearing this in the beginning, before I became a mom, I did kind of turn away from it. I couldn't fathom it. I couldn't hold space for it. I didn't believe it was actually true. And it was kind of, I never really said conspiracy, but I, you know, pushed it aside. And when I became a mom, that's when I really started doing research and I really started digging in and started finding horrifying, you know, true facts and, you know, connecting dots and realized like, oh my God. And I said to my husband, I said, I can't turn this off. This is now in my full blown, like full frontal view. And, and not only is it there, I won't turn off and go away, but I don't want it to. I want to be a part of helping this. I want to be a part of whatever I can do with my platform, with my voice, with everything 
to be able to shed light on this. Absolutely. And I, you know, here's the, at the end of the day, you know, you see all of these influencers, you see all of these models, you see all these people using their platform for fluff. Look at me, look at my pictures, pay for this, buy my posters, buy my calendars. But if you are not standing for anything, that's nothing. That's like, you know, this is just fluff. This is just filler in your life. Like you have to have, you have to have something to add to society. And yes, your beauty is great, but if you have no depth and you have nothing to offer anybody, what are you going to die with? And that's what I had to, you know, I came to terms with, you know, I did, I posted lots of fluff and lots of pretty and, oh, look at me in a magazine and look at me in this. And I was like, that can't be all, that can't be it. And maybe it is, you know, with age and, and, you know, being humbled by, you know, moving to California and kind of selling everything I owned and, and quitting my jobs and, and moving here to just, you know, make sure that these boys had a mom who was 100% here and, and present. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, life is, is so fast and, and you don't want to live a vapid life. And one huge thing I took from my mom as a little kid, she was like, you know, you might as well have not accomplished a single thing in your life. If you raise kids who are monsters and who are bad humans, she's like, your best accomplishment will be what your child goes on to do in their life. She goes, because everything else will be forgotten. Wow. I mean, it's so true. I always say, you know, when people say to me like, you know, oh, how do you know, how do you feel about motherhood and this and that? I'm like, look, I'm like, I am truly blessed and my angels, they really are my little real life angels. But when I think about the actual role and the responsibility I have in raising them to be beautiful and good little you know people that turn into actual humans it's like your mind is literally like blown and shattered it's like when I look at that and I'm like conscious parenting I'm like holy crap I am literally shaping the future yeah well and it's scary too because you know what there is no manual and no one's perfect I mean I I talk down to myself as a parent a lot and I'll have to reach out to my mom and I'm like mom I'm a bad mom like you know I'm doing all of these things and I get mad and you know, I'm really frustrated and, and she'll be like, yeah, but you're a great mom. And they'll remember, she's like, because they're great boys and they're kind and they're loving and they always shake people's hands and they always hug and they always say, I love you. She's like, that's that, that's what matters. She's like, you know, if they're like messing around at, at school and they're, you know, their grades slide because they're bored to tears on this stupid online learning. Well, most kids probably are. And you can't take that as you being a bad parent and you can't, you know, of course you're going to get upset with them and you're going to punish them, you know, when they aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing, but that's, that's life. And that's holding your children accountable because it's the kids who aren't held accountable, who become little fucking monsters, excuse me, little monsters, you know, and, and that's our role as good parents is being present and holding your children accountable, but also giving them attainable goals. You know, we can't expect them to become adults so fast. We want, we want them to have these fun childhood moments, but we also need to hold them accountable for their choices so that they know that when they grow up and when they're older, that every choice and every decision they make will impact their life. 
So well said. And I, you know, listen, I get it as a mom too. I have plenty of times where I talk down to myself. I have plenty of times the mom guilt is so real, you know, and I have had so many of those moments. And, you know, I think it's great of you also to share that vulnerability here too, because I have a lot of mom listeners and, you know, it's like, we all are doing our best and we all, you know, come down on ourselves and have guilt and, you know, feel, you know, certain ways about things we do. Or like, even last night for me, like I was just, you know, yesterday was a very heavy day and I was very, you know, triggered and everything else. And, you know, my, I, my daughter, you know, my toddler, every second is, you know, why, and what, how, what's going on? What happened? <laughs> She's watching me react, you know, and she's like, what happened? Why? You know, and I obviously I'm not having a conversation with my, my two-year-old, you know, and I, and so I'm just like, nothing, honey, nothing, nothing. But it's like, I caught myself like heavily snapping at her. And like later in the night, I'm like, sorry, mama is like just going through a lot right now. And so, you know, we're just going to take a bath and relax. But like I then, you know, last night sat in the tub, you know, praying, crying, doing all the things and meditating and, you know, talking to myself about like how I could have handled, you know, my daughter differently. And so it's like, I think that even in that moment, the fact that we recognize that and want to correct it and show up differently, that alone is just showing of what you were saying of like the raising of good humans. Like there's just so much power in that. Yeah. Well, and, and we're all human again, driven by emotion. You know, most of us you know, I find myself being an empath and I absorb so much energy from my kids. And I, you know, I have a bad day when they're having a bad day and I try really hard to fight it. And, you know, if Tito's having a bad day or, you know, he's being, a, you know, talked badly about online and I find myself, you know, fighting tooth and nail against these people and really standing up for him because I have it within me to, you know, be there. And, I absorb so much of that and it gets extremely overwhelming. And I found even since this summer, I've really stopped doing my escape things, which are reading and writing in my journal. You know, I've kept going with Pilates, which has actually been a godsend because now I'm completely obsessed with Pilates. <laughs> but, but, you know, I realized last night, even, you know, we were up till whatever, watching all of this crazy stuff on the news. And I was like, you know what, tomorrow I'm going to read. I'm going to sit down with my book. I'm going to finish, you know, the book I just started and give my mind emotions and, you know, just mental well-being a break, you know, give it an escape. And, you know, that's all we can do. And as, as humans, you know, we're, we're flawed and we have things that we have to battle through and fight through and, you know, we're on a constant wheel of decisions, you know, what's a good decision, what's a bad decision, what's a healthy decision. It's hard, you know, it'd be great if we could just all be like, oh, well, you know, we're just going to eat crappy and drink every day. And, and, you know, whatever happens is what happens. But you know, you're not living a mindful life, you know, I, we're not homeless, we're not, you know, we have responsibilities, and we have tasks that we have to finish every day. And, and again, we have to be a model of what we want our children to see. You know, our children will not do what we say, but they'll do what they see us do. They'll always watch us. So true. I mean, can you share what book you're, you're reading? Um, currently, I'm just about to finish The Source, which I love. It talks about so many parts of your brain and what parts trigger and, and how mechanically, like, you know, what parts separate, you know, different emotions and how the actual brain works and, you know, and, and the way that it 
you know, change transforms you and your life and your choices. Um, that's one of my favorite books so far. I also loved light is the new black. Um, I thought that was an, an amazing book. And I also read the five, com wait, five commandment, five, five, uh, what the heck is it called? I can't think now. Um, <laughs> I'm like, darn it. Um, gosh, I've, I've read several books. I mean, this summer, I really got into reading books. I just, I, I, I read a lot of, I don't call them self-help books. I call them like self-improvement, self-awakening, self-preservation you know, preservation sort of books that awaken your spirit and, and awaken your, your thoughts. Um, I'm actually want to read about, um, my next book is going to be about, um, they call it Dreamwalker. And um, I find that I do this and I know a few people who are able to do this when they dream, they can actually wake up and then go back to the dream where they left off to finish it. Like if you wake up and you go, oh, that was a great dream. I want to finish it. You can go back and start your dream again. And they say, say that that's called dreamwalking. Mm. So I just bought a book or I ordered a book off Amazon to, to read about that as well. So I'll have to tell you guys how that went. Um, I just think it's really interesting. You know, there's very few people who can do that. So I think that there's something inherently in that. I feel like, you know, it's, it's some sort of calling or it might be, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, you know, I, I don't know yeah. if that's like no. a, a formal life. I don't know what that is. No, I think that's so cool. I mean, look at the end of the day, whether we're awake to it or not, we are all connected to source and to create the creator. And so it's like, I think that's very cool that, you know, like you said, there are some people who actually have that gift to have that ability. I truly believe we all have abilities, whether we see it or not, whether we all open up our third eye per se or not. Um, yeah. I really do believe we all have them. It's a matter of exploring them and, and being open to them to receive them. Um, and I do believe in my heart of hearts that if that is opening more and more, I think the pandemic and the quarantine has actually brought that out in millions of people that they are going back to source. And, and like you were saying in the beginning of the show, bringing it back to spirituality and tapping into that. And instead of looking on the outside and looking to external, turning within internal. And I think that, you know, that is just such an amazing thing. I know I love it too, because I've been reading more books as well. And one of the books I've been reading, they really enjoy. It's more of a a spiritual um, <clears throat> uh, book is called Everything is Here to Help You by Matt Kahn. And it just talks mm -hmm. about how, you know, your thoughts and your consciousness and, you know, everything that like we not only go through, but like our own ways of our brain and the way that things come across, like how it's all here to truly help you and help serve you if you allow it to play out that way. And it's been very eye-opening for me <clears throat> and very interesting. Um, and so, um, it, yeah, I, you know, I love that you said you, you've been doing, you know, Pilates and you've been reading books. I was going to ask like, what else maybe would you say, um, are some, you know, gems of advice and maybe some tips that, you know, you could share or not even tips, but just that you're personally doing in your life to help you continue to strive and, you know, go forward during this time where a lot of people, I think have kind of fallen into the darkness and I'm having a very hard time during the pandemic and quarantine, which, you know, I am as well, but like, I always love to ask my listeners, like, I mean, my guests for my listeners, like, what is it, but you know, that you find the things that are helping you with maybe your kind of toolkit, I guess, if you will. For sure. Oh, and I just remembered it was the four agreements, which oh, I read. Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. Um, but you know, I, a lot of people are different, you know, and I, and people are like, well, why don't you do, you know, uh, 
a, a board, a vision board. And, and I'm just not like, you know, I'm not that person. You know, I even took interior design thinking I could do that. And I love designing, but I'm not like a storyboard person. I'm not like a crafter. I'm not, I just don't have that in me. Um, but I found such solace in writing and a lot of people aren't writers but I write in my journal, like a story of my life. Like I've been writing in my journal since I was 20 years old. So I think I have like six journals written wow. so far. And I just write things that kind of, you know, pivotally change my perspective on things. And, and really I can read back and, you know, when people go, Oh, I always date the same person or I always make the same terrible mistakes this really does hold you accountable, you know, instead of saying, okay, I have a vision board and these are the things I expect myself to do this year. I write down, you know, things that happen and things that impacted me positively and negatively. And that way I don't repeat those things. You know, I can go back and go, okay, you know, I remember how I felt and how I really let this, you know, put gravity on my, on my soul. You know, I, I went through a lot of online, bullying um when I first started dating Tito and it really affected me like to the point where I didn't like myself I didn't look at myself in the mirror I would cry in the shower like it was really weird for me because I've never been you know in that position of feeling bad about myself and I've never talked down to myself and I had never really felt insecure and I became this shell of me and I would write in my journal and I'd be like what is wrong with me and I couldn't understand what, what I, and, and I had absorbed all of those things. I kept absorbing all of this negativity, all of these bad things about me, all of these things talking down about me, my nose and my mole and my forehead and my this and my that and my, you know, my thighs and just whatever they were talking about, I absorbed, you know, I believed all of a sudden that was me. And after journaling it and, you know, going through it with myself and, you know, a friend of mine was like, Hey, you know, I'll train you and just get you out of your head, get you out of your space and push you where like, you know, you're not going to like it. You're not going to like someone telling you what to do and just to do it and, and be happy with it. But it, I, I needed it. I needed someone to go get out of your head, do something right now. And it was a huge pivotal turning point. So you know, I tell people all the time, I'm like, write it down so you don't repeat it. And if you need someone to push you, ask, ask for help, you know, and I'm, I'm thankful that my friend Bo reached out to me and was like, do you want me to train you? Like, do you want me to push you, like get you out of your space? And, and if he hadn't done that, I, I don't know, you know, I don't know how depressed I would have gotten. I don't know how sad I would have gotten because I really let it spiral. So, you know, people, it, it's scary, but you've got to get outside of yourself and, you know, whatever it is, you can get outside of yourself, reach out to somebody or do something out of the norm or just write it down and then look at it and say, is this me? You know, is this something I want to continue? Wow. What a great message. Get outside of yourself. I, I just like felt that uh, so much and, you know, you're right. It's, it's so true. And I was telling a friend the other day who was talking about their thoughts. I was like, you know, I recently was reading something, maybe it was in the book I'm reading. And it said that we have anywhere from like 700 to, you know, a thousand words um, and thoughts that aren't our own that pop into our consciousness. And it's like, wow, if those are, you know, that many things that come into our mind daily, 
and that we take ownership of thinking it's ours. It's like, well, yes, of course, as you just described, we're going to downward spiral and we're going to be, you know, in a, you know, darkness and all that. And it's like, if you can get outside of yourself that you just, you know, so beautifully articulated, you can actually see that like, oh, maybe I don't actually hold those as mine. Yeah. Yeah. It's scary. It's a, and it's a slippery slope, you know, and you know, for moms of teens and dads of teens, I think that, you know, it's a really tough time for them right now, even more so with, you know, being separated from their, you know, their peers and their friends. Um, this is the time where online bullies again are on the rise and, you know, and even the parents of these bullies, you have to be aware of your child. You have to be aware of their personality and how they treat people. You know, you see it and you have to be proactive. And, you know, these are, these are huge things. These are huge milestones for everybody. But, you know, if you're going to raise good humans, you need to be aware of the kind of relationship they have with their peers. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, I mean, it's, it's so true. You have to be aware of all of it and, and, and be involved. And, you know, especially like you said, right now where we're all living online and on zoom and everything else. It, it's, it's so true. It's like, you have to really be present. You know, that's, that's something that, you know, um, I learned even as a kid, my parents always, and this obviously wasn't as intense as it is now in the sense of that it's happening online. And they would always say like, talk to me. And even if I didn't want to talk to them, it was like, talk to me, talk to me because they, they would, you know, make sure to a point that they knew whatever they could get out of me of what was going on. And they would continue with that communication to keep talking so that they did know what was going on. Sorry, I have to, my cat has been yelling at the door for like five minutes. Oh, you're fine. <laughs> She's like, let me in. What are you doing in there? <laughs> I have, I have two cats and I have two cats and a dog. So I get it. And my cat, my one cat, Dolce, does the same thing. And she's so funny. Like she'll get so loud and, and, and rub and, and do the whole thing. And it's like, last night I was actually in the tub and she was like rubbing up. And I was actually telling my husband, I couldn't believe it, but her tail, cause I was meditating and praying. And I, I was yeah. see my candles, her tail actually caught fire. Oh, sh- <laughs> rubbing up against the tub and wanting to like get my attention and I'm like out of the tub and like put water on it she was fine she didn't even seem fake I was in like panic mode but (laughs) oh my gosh I was like wow okay well just let's add one more thing it was just like yes I've actually had a cat do that very same thing not while I was in the tub but yes put her tail right into the candle I was like oh my god and I was like blow it out she didn't even realize is that crazy? I don't even realize. Yeah. You know, they say they have, you know, supposedly nine lives. So I guess, you know, I'm like, oh right? my gosh. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what did you just do? I ran out to my husband and I'm like, don't you just got her tail in the fire? He's like, what? I'm like, yes, right. Candle in the fire. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't. So funny. Well, Amber, I know in real life, we both have to get back to our, our lives here. I can't thank you enough for being such a voice and such a true, I've been telling people that have been coming on my show that, you know, share so vulnerably and, and so raw and, and just what's so needed to hear at this time. You know, you are a true warrior of light and I really appreciate you coming on my show and, you know, sharing so vulnerably and so honestly for those to hear and hopefully receive. And even if maybe not fully receive that you guys are listening and taking something away from this, whatever it is that you know, resonated with you. Um, and, you know, before I let you go, Amber, is there anything else that you would want 
to leave my audience with? And then of course, go ahead and plug yourself to everyone there. They can find you and follow you regardless of <laughs> social media constraints um, and, right? and, and, <laughs> and your foundation and all of that. Um, you know, I think that with everything and the times that we're in and the, you know, the dangers that are out there, I really want to tell people do the research, do the looking up. I mean, it takes what, and you know, it takes you a good 30 minutes of your day to really look into the scope of things and really do your own research. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, just tell me, but you don't, I mean, if I were to tell you, you're still not going to believe it. You have to see it for yourself. You have to know it for yourself. So if you take anything away from this is to, if you're, if you are interested and you care, do the research, learn for yourself, know it yourself, get the knowledge, just like learning anything. If you, if you are worried about anything, or if you want to know about anything, if you want, you know, to, to feel like you are awake to, you know, these things, you have to do the research. Um, and you can find my initiative, it's uh, www.saveourchildreninitiative.com. And that's where you can find, you know, we've got sweatshirts and t-shirts and beanies and hats and um, rubber bracelets and, and we sell all of those things. And um, some of the proceeds go towards our foundation, which is the socialfoundation.org. And that is our charitable foundation. And we are actually in the middle of writing a book right now. Um, and I'm hoping it'll be more like an informational book that parents can share with their children. And um, I actually have a friend who might be able to get it into military schools first, which would be glorious. And really just talking about everything that I touched on, you know, the online grooming and the online predators and um, grooming in your community and, you know, child trafficking and sex trafficking and human slavery. I mean, that's what this is. This is modern day slavery and, you know, it's terrifying. So I hope that you guys will look there. I obviously don't have any of those things online anymore besides our websites because, you know, we are censored and we can't even say save our children online anymore because it has been banned, um, which should scare you. What should scare you enough to look it up? to research it. And um, you can find me on Instagram still at Amber Nicole M A M B E R N I C H O L E M as in Miller. Well, Amber, thank you so much. This will all be linked in the show notes, guys. So you guys can check it all out and, you know, follow her and truly, you know, you're going to want to follow her for everything she shares and posts. And Amber, again, thank you so much for being on and for sharing and using your voice. And you guys, you know, if anything you take away from this just as a whole, I would say what, you know, Amber said about, you know, really, you know, looking, you know, inside to you and getting outside of yourself in the same sense, you know, those are two gems I think that she dropped here. So guys, you know, stay, stay safe and uh, stay inspired. Cheers till next time. Thanks for listening to Everything with Allie Levine. If you loved this episode, please leave a review, screenshot this episode, tell a friend, tag us on social media, subscribe, tune in weekly for new episodes, and to continuously be uplifted, empowered, and inspired.